Hey, what's up and welcome to Surveillance Report 21, covering the security and privacy news between July 26th and August 3rd. So today's report has a lot of company news, TikTok being probably the most extensive, some very interesting research, especially involving Apple security chips and cryptography, not much political or FOSS news, but there are a few misfits at the end, so those are always fun. Today's report is brought to you by our most recent video, Become Anonymous. This video breaks down, regardless of your experience or threat model, exactly where to start and how to improve your privacy, security, and anonymity in both the digital and real world. It is thorough, concise, yet simple, with things like a PDF checklist, and it's a fantastic introduction to the world of privacy. Side plug, you can also now join our YouTube channel as a privacy supporter to unlock things like badges, custom emojis, behind-the-scenes content, bloopers, and a monthly supporters-only livestream. This is just three bucks a month, so please consider donating a coffee a month to us. This is the same tier with the same benefits on Patreon, so if you're trying to avoid Google, there's that option as well. We really appreciate all the support. Thank you to our current supporters. Let's go ahead and start with the company news. The Twitter hack that recently happened covered in SR20 was caused by a teen, and although the attack was impressive in its impact, that's kind of the end of the magic, so to speak. There was no technical breach, it was just a very large-scale social engineering and phone spear phishing attack. Graham Ivan Clark was the person behind it, and most people in the InfoSec community don't seem very surprised at how this all played out. Most people presumed from the get-go this was a social engineering attack that gained access to internal tools, and that's exactly what happened. There's a second article in a description as well that goes through the evidence of the investigation to catch Mr. Clark, it was kind of sad to read, as they didn't take very good precautions and left many breadcrumbs back to them. Not quite uh, the hacker we were expecting. TikTok is back in the news. There has been a lot of chatter about TikTok being banned in the United States. Trump originally said he was planning on banning the app altogether, but has recently decided to offer a limited amount of time for them to be purchased September 15th, by a U.S. company instead. The main company in discussion seems to be Microsoft. People, I've been saying it for weeks, and I'll say it again, this is not being banned for privacy or security reasons. It's being banned for politics. I previously stated that the only difference between Facebook and TikTok is the countries they're located in, and Trump being okay with TikTok if they become a U.S. company proves this theory, as well as most people in the privacy community who've been also saying this. To reiterate, China is arguably worse than the U.S. in terms of political control and surveillance, but the U.S. is pretty bad as well. And TikTok is not being banned for the right reason, which is they are terrible for individual citizens as they help commodify and invade user data on a scale the world has never seen. As an example, in the EU, there's a history of holding companies accountable regardless of the country because it affects their citizens the same way. In the U.S., we've chosen to only act in our citizens' favor by chance if it means the U.S. is trying to win a political battle. The other layer to this, actually, is the president should not have the ability to decide on a whim what to ban. We might cheer that it's TikTok, which people seem to universally dislike, for good reason, but what happens when it's Signal, Tor, anything else privacy-respecting? We can't really have it both ways. So I stand my ground. This ban is overall a bad thing. What should have happened is the U.S. should have enacted proper privacy laws that hold all companies in the world accountable to respect U.S. citizens, including U.S. companies. 
Next up, 50 high-profile companies had their source code publicly released online because of, you guessed it, <laughs> misconfigured cloud infrastructure. This included Adobe, Microsoft, Lenovo, Qualcomm, AMD, Motorola, Nintendo, Disney, Roblox, and more. This was posted on a public repository, and you can actually view a paste bin of all of the affected companies in that description source as well. One that went under the radar was Kai OS, and I found something called COVID Apps right here. Um, but it doesn't seem to be a company that I could find. So if anyone has some insight into what COVID Apps is, unless it's a general classification, I would really appreciate it. Zoom also got hit again this week. Um, the too long didn't read Zoom meetings are default protected by a six-digit numerical password, allowing one million maximum possibilities. But they didn't have proper preventions in place to stop someone from testing all of the passwords. So that was the exploit. Someone could test all passwords for a meeting, assuming it was the default password within minutes. This has been fixed, but leaves you scratching your head, thinking, did they really not think about preventing a simple brute force attack? Or maybe we're at the point that we just shouldn't be surprised with Zoom at all, and we should all just switch over to Jitsi. What people didn't see coming though, and is being very underreported, is the crypto wallet Ledger has suffered a data breach. This did not impact people's money and their wallets. However, this breach affected user data involving emails, full names, postal addresses, phone numbers, and ordered products. The main scare from this is those individuals can now be targeted as users who are guaranteed to own a ledger. So, reminder, keep your devices up to date, be careful with phishing emails and texts, and just be alert. A good lesson here is most services will at some point experience a breach, so before signing up for something, keep in mind everything you type could be public someday. This is why we recommend pseudonyms. It's a great way to compartmentalize aspects of your life away from yourself so your personal identity is never exposed. We covered this in our Become Anonymous guide we talked about earlier. If you bought a ledger with a pseudo email shipped to a private mailbox with a pseudo phone number, you're probably scoffing at this because you accounted for this kind of thing happening. Our last company today is Rite Aid, the U.S. drugstore who has been silently adding facial recognition to their stores across the U.S., this was investigated and reported to Rite Aid, who initially more or less denied it, but now has ceased the use of the cameras. So, good job, journalism. That wrapped up company news, and research this week was also, I guess, pretty interesting. Uh, first, there has been an Apple exploit, which has been deemed to be, quote, unpatchable in its security chip. A few things, though, before you freak out. One, this affects the A7 to the A11 chip, so the most recent Apple devices are safe. Two, this exploit relies on an attacker having physical access to the device, which can happen, don't get me wrong, but still lowers the severity of this a bit. And three, this is the largest one, there is almost no documentation or even proof behind this exploit. The only thing we know is someone has claimed to have found a vulnerability. We haven't received real-world attack demos or even a proof of concept. As of right now, I wouldn't be super concerned about this based on the information we've been given, but people are looking into it, so hopefully some more information will come out. 
The next research article was pretty complex, so I'll break down what I could understand in a way to easily feed you the information, then leave you with some questions I had and allow you to kind of read into this from there. Cryptography used to be a cycle. Someone invents a code, the code is effective until it's broken, then the cycle repeats. Modern day cryptography is a bit different in that we have a one-way function that's easy to perform one way, but hard the other. Nowadays, this is almost all through integer factorization. It's easy to multiply two prime numbers, but it's hard to find the factors. As the size of the number you're trying to find factors for increases, it gets exponentially harder to perform the calculation. To learn more about this, I highly recommend Khan Academy as they have a fantastic introduction into ciphers and encryption that you can watch for free without an account. It's kind of just the basics of really the root of cybersecurity, so I highly recommend you look into that. This research hopes to answer the question if there is an easy hole in the bucket towards this one-way function problem that we are reliant on. People believe there is no efficient factoring algorithm to easily break our cryptography, and this research aims to shed light on this and see if there is a root issue in our cryptography model. Beyond this, that's kind of where my analysis ends, and I'd encourage you to dig into the sources yourself if this is something that interests you. Our final research today comes from Google, and this is extremely simple. Um, SMS two-factor authentication had a 100% effectiveness of keeping out bots, 96% rate of keeping out bulk phishing attempts, and a 76% effectiveness of keeping out targeted attacks. Keep in mind, a user needs to bypass 2FA as well as a password and username. The main takeaway here is although OTP and hardware keys are more secure than SMS, SMS is still extremely secure and is better than no SMS. Keep a user's threat model in mind, so just be happy your friend uses SMS 2FA in the first place, as it's not quite as bad as we try and make it seem. But yes, OTP is better. That was it for research. Let's go into our extremely short politics category for the week. And here it is. Facebook is sick of being accused of being bad for privacy, so they are fighting back by accusing the EU of invading the privacy of their employees. That's it. That is the article. No joke. It's about 80 words. I, I counted them. And that's the political news of the week. It almost all lived in the TikTok news from earlier. Moving on to free and open source software news of the week. A critical bug in the Grub2 bootloader was found that affects billions of Linux and Windows systems. This vulnerability could let an attacker bypass the secure boot feature and gain high, privileged, persistent access to the targeted systems. So, update. That's the FOSS news this week. Lucky for you, we did not have a shortage of misfit news. First... There has been an open investigation for over five years involving a lockdown BlackBerry phone they were trying to crack in Australia. They finally cracked the phone, which has now led to several arrests, calling the phone a, quote, magic bullet for these investigations. Our second Misfit article involves Google, who is set to buy a stake in ADT, a home security company. This is exactly how it sounds. Google wants a part of the action, as well as getting some of their products like Home and Nest inside people's homes in a way that integrates with ADT. This sounds interesting, and you might be wondering why I even included it in this report. I think, I think, this is a big move from Google to normalize the use of its IoT devices and try to get more of them in as many homes as possible. I don't think Google currently has a very large presence in the IoT realm. 
Um, Amazon very clearly has taken that top spot, but we should be very aware of the moves these companies are making and what markets they plan to enter. This specifically is alarming from a privacy perspective, so we'll keep an eye out on how this partnership may play out. Speaking of IoT and smart devices, last week in SR20, we talked about Garmin's breach, which was rumored to be a ransomware attack. Well, they finally fessed up, saying, yes, it was. And they used a decryption key, but haven't confirmed whether or not they paid the ransom. So... They did. Garmin almost certainly paid the ransom to get the decryption key, as there's really no other likely way they would have recovered from this so quickly. Maybe this was a good wake-up call to them as well as others, but history tends to repeat itself, and we will see a lot more ransomware attacks happening for a very long period of time. We will always have a Misfits category. That was the end of the surveillance report this week. Again, this episode is brought to you by our latest video, Becoming Anonymous, or Become Anonymous. Sorry, the old one's called Becoming Anonymous. This one's just a little bit different, but it's actually a lot better. Um, it'll be in the description and we think you'll love it. It's it's really good. Uh, we also ask you to join our brand new YouTube privacy supporter membership for just $3 a month. There are already some pretty fun things posted there waiting for you to just join and watch them. Lastly, if you liked this report, don't forget to like the video or rate the podcast if you're listening from the podcast, share it wherever you're listening in from, and especially subscribe to catch SR22 next week. Thanks for listening in and have a great week.